Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. in this sermon series that we started last week titled Identity Theft. Uh, and of course you all know that with that Equifax breach, 143 million lives exposed out there. But there's, there's a far worse case of identity theft taking place than anything that could take place out in the secular world today. And it's where we as believers, we as people, we as God's children of His through the person of Jesus Christ, we are losing our identity John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes to steal and kill and what? Destroy, right? Uh, That's what Satan's job is. And what Satan is doing today, he's robbing the, the identity of who we are as people. And we're losing the blessings of who we are in Christ Jesus, okay? So that's what we're talking about. Last week we talked about how we're being robbed. We risk identity theft by being robbed by relationships, and that just simply means when we're seeking to discover who we are in human relationships with other people, being accepted by them or not. Well, today we're going to talk about identity theft being mugged by by the mirror. And what I mean by that is where we try to seek our identity in our outward appearance, Okay. There's a lot of folks that are struggling in that particular area, and so that's what I want to address and talk about today. Uh, So before we go any further, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts and open our minds and ears, help us to receive His Word today, and help us to discover who we are in Christ Jesus, okay? Uh, Not by being accepted by someone else or what we look like on the outside, it's who we are on the inside that matters, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's pray together. Father... We thank you, Lord, for our time together today. Uh, We just pray that you would speak to our hearts and open our minds to receive your word today. And Lord, identity theft is certainly taking place. Spiritual identity theft is taking place. Where we as people are losing focus of who we are in you. And I just pray, Lord, you help us to discover that today. Help us to, to know that our true identity rests in you. And you making us who you've made us to be, created us who you've created us to be, living out our plan and our purpose that you have um, planned for us before we were even born. And help us, Lord, to, uh, to discover our true identity in you. And that all begins in a personal relationship with your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, my prayer is today, if there's someone here that does not know you, in the free pardon of sin, has not accepted your Son as their personal Lord and Savior, that today would be the day of salvation. If there's one here today that's just not in a right relationship with you, the fellowship has been broken, I just pray, Lord, that you restore that individual to you today. Speak through me, hide me behind the cross, help us to hear only your words today. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. 
Once again, this morning we're going to be talking about identity theft simply mugged by the mirror. Whenever we are seeking our identity in outward appearance. So we got to be careful with that. You see, I, I believe there's a lot of folks, whenever they get up and they face the mirror on the morning or a weekly basis or a daily basis, hopefully more than a weekly basis, on a daily basis, as you stand before the mirror, a lot of folks are looking into the mirror and they're asking themselves, how do other see, people see me? How is it that other people are seeing me? And that kind of falls into last week's message when we're trying to find our identity by being accepted by other people. So we got to be careful with that. Some folks look in the mirror and think, I wonder if people think that I'm ugly or if I'm overweight or if I need to lose weight. Or what, what do people think about me whenever they see me? Well, let me just say, first of all, that it's not, I'm not preaching against outward beauty or trying to look as good as you can look. I'm not necessarily preaching against that. I mean, our bodies are the temples of the, or is the temple of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We should take care of ourselves physically, right? Because it is the temple. But there's a fine line between worshiping the body, uh, worshiping our outward appearance, caring for ourselves and our bodies, and desiring to change our outward appearance of who God created us to be solely because we think that in doing that we will be happier or we will experience love or we will experience acceptance. So that's kind of the, the track that I'm thinking on here this morning. No, no, you know, no doubt, no doubt. Maybe you look into the mirror and you think, boy, if, if my face were just thinner. You know, I've often said, boy, I'd love to be about 6'3 or 6'4. You know, I'm six foot. Uh, sometimes I think I'd love to have a few more inches, especially when I'm playing basketball or, or something of that nature. Or I think, boy, if I could just lose another 10 pounds or lose maybe 15 pounds, then I would be happier. Or maybe there's something, boy, if I just had longer legs and if I could just run faster or if I had bigger muscles or if I had a six-pack ab, life would be good. I'm here to tell you I've got a six-pack ab. I do have it, but I have it iced down, okay? I have it, I have it insulated. I, I want it to kind of stay there. No, you, but you know what I'm talking about. People are always trying to improve the outward appearance of themselves, hoping that in doing that, they will find true happiness. Well, I want you to take out your sermon notes. Everyone should have received these, and I put a few things in here that I want you to see. I'm sorry? We don't have them. They're on, uh, where's Dave? Is he not in here? They're on the, on your desk, Donetta. So if I can get three or four guys to jump up real quick, uh, and go to the back door there. And they will get these passed out. Let's get them passed out as quickly as possible if I can get some help here, uh, this morning. Okay? I thought you guys had these. Alright, so they're bringing them in here. But there's a few things here I want you to see whenever we get in here. And I actually wrote the whole statement, the entire sentence in there. Uh, so if everyone, there should be enough for everyone, so let's just pass these out as quickly as we can, and that way everybody can get them. Go ahead and put the warning slot up, if you will, please, uh, Byron. There's a warning slot here that I want us to see, and I have this for you in your notes. But here is the warning for every single one of us. You are in danger of being mugged by the mirror. If you believe the lie that changing your outward appearance is going to be the answer to making your life better. 
Now that's the lie that Satan is telling us, right? If you would just fix this, if you would just lose a little weight, if you would just um, do that, you know, no doubt, I could say, boy, if I just had hair, right? You know, life would be so much better. I don't think it would because then I have to fool with that, right? But anyway, people look in the mirror and they're always looking for ways to improve themselves, hoping and praying that that would make them a happier individual. Well, this is what I want to be talking about this morning. And um, we live in a world that's obsessed with the outward appearance, do we not? Every commercial you see, uh, every advertisement you see, everything we see that everyone seems to be completely obsessed with the outward appearance appearance of themselves let me just say at the beginning of this right now that it's a whole lot more important what's going on the inside of you than what's taking place on the outside of you i've seen some people that are attractive on the outside but drop dead ugly on the inside are you with me so let's not get so caught up in our personal appearance and how we look Remember, I said it's okay to take that to, um, to a degree or to a certain level simply because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We should take care of our bodies the best we can. Not worship them, but take care of them because it is the place where the Holy Spirit of God dwells. But do not allow yourself to get to the place to where you think the only way that you can be happy is if the outward appearance is just perfect. Because I promise you, as you get older, it's going to be more difficult to strive for that perfection, right? I mean, things are going to sag and fall, and things are going to, you know, I'm, I just got up. Angie, yesterday, we were waxing and detailing her car, and we spent about four or five hours on her car. And I'm amazed at how my body's just sore today from waxing on and waxing off and buffing and carrying on and bending over and getting down. I had to get in Debbie's car this past week, and um, the fan motor resistor went out in it. And I had to drop the whole bottom part of the dash and crawl up under there and drop the resistor out and go get a new one and crawl back up under there. And I'm amazed at how sore I was uh, the next day after just crawling up under that dash and working on that car to put that new resistor in it. So I guess what I'm saying is as we get older, it's going to be more challenging to strive for this perfect body. So you need to get at peace with who you are on the outside and really start focusing more on who you are on the inside. So you are at risk of identity theft whenever you stand before the mirror and you think, boy, if I could just fix this then I would be happy. You're at risk of falling into one of Satan's lies. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and he will steal your happiness from you if you think the only place you can truly be happy is when you're standing in front of the mirror and you're happy with what the outside looks like. Okay? So we're going to focus a little bit more on the inside. So in order to avoid being mugged by the mirror, we need to do about three things. And, and that's what's going to be in your sermon notes. Number one, we need to know what God knows about us. Okay? We need to know what it is that God knows about us. Now, Scripture 139, I think I have this Byron in another slide. And Dustin's out today and he wasn't able to read our Scripture for us today. But I want us to read this. In Psalm 139, in verse number 13 and 14, it's going to be the key passage of Scripture. 
But I want us to read down through verse, the first part, at least the first part of verse number 16. Scripture says, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless, and all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. I want you to go back, Byron, if you will, please, to verse 13 and 14, where I have that portion of the scripture highlighted. And here's what I want you to see. A few key points that jump out of this scripture that I need us all to identify. Number one, it says, you, the Lord, knit us together. He created us. You know, one of the biggest challenges that I had as a pastor early on, whenever I surrendered to go into the ministry and I, you know, I went through college and I've got my degree and I've been ordained and now I'm standing before a congregation. One of the biggest challenges that I had was who am I going to be when I stand before this congregation? And what I mean by that, we all have our favorite preachers, right? You know, I have, I have pastors that have influenced my life uh, through the years. And I thought, boy, if I could be like him in this position. Or if I could be like him this way. And I found myself early on trying to be these other guys. And finally I realized God called John Cannon to be John Cannon. So I need to quit trying to be like everybody else and just be me. Now that's a difficult place to get to, Right? Maybe everyone has experienced that to some degree in your career or or maybe just in yourself and trying to discover who you are. But one of the things we need to get a hold of is that the Lord knit us together. He had created us in our mother's womb. And then the scripture says that we've got to remind ourselves that we have been remarkably and wonderfully Made. So in your notes, very next slide, Byron, going back to the, the presentation here. Um, in, your, in your notes, the very next slide, what I want you to get is this. You are not a mistake. Let's say that together. You are not a mistake. Say it again. You are not a mistake. Now I want you to poke your neighbor on the shoulder right now. Look to them and I want you to say, you are not a mistake. You're not a mistake, Right? There may be some accidental parents, and you've heard me say this before, but there are no accidental children, right? God has formed us in our mother's womb. He created us. We are not a mistake. You see, we've got to understand that changing things on the outside really doesn't change you. Because who you are is everything on the inside. The outside is just a tent that we live in temporarily. It's the outward tabernacle that we dwell in while we're here on this earth. The real you is going to live all through eternity, right? And if you know Christ is your Savior, you're going to live with the Lord all through eternity. 
So we've got to put less focus on the outward appearance of ourselves and put more focus on the inside and start working on the inside. God created you and what he wants to do, he wants to get glory in and through you. And the only way he's going to get glory in and through you is when you realize what is on the inside is what is most important in all of life. There's a video clip that I want you guys to see. This is a young man that God is using in an amazing way. And it has everything to do with what is on the inside of this young man. And not necessarily what is on the outside of this man. Now it's about a five minute clip. And I thought about cutting it and editing it and what have you. But it's so good. I want you to see the whole thing. And I even put it in your notes So you can go home and go to YouTube and look it up. And he has some amazing videos on there that he has done. But here are what I want you to see. I want to drive home the point that it's far more important what's on the inside than what is on the outside. And ultimately what God wants to do, he wants to use you to reflect his glory. He wants to use you to glorify Him. And that's only going to happen, friends, when we pay attention to what's on the inside of our lives and less attention to what's on the outside. Watch this video, if you will, please. I was born in Melbourne, Australia, 1982. And my parents had no idea that I was going to be born without arms or legs. I was the only one that I ever saw without limbs. My faith in Jesus Christ was sealed after seven years of wondering why, God, I was born this way. Uh, He answered me very clearly through John chapter 9. And I gave my life to Jesus at 15 after reading about how he came across a man who was born blind. And I'm like, hey, hold on a second. This looks interesting. <laughs> and no one knew why he was born that way. I'm like, perfect. So I read on, and in verse 3 of the ninth chapter, Jesus said, it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And I'm like, wow, God, if you had a plan for the blind man, you do have a plan for me. And that was the beginning of my personal relationship with Jesus. Youth groups were starting to call me. Churches were starting to call me. Opportunities were opening up everywhere for me to share my testimony. I was speaking in front of 300 sophomore public high school students. Three minutes into it, half the girls were crying. One girl in the middle of the room started weeping. She put up her hand and she said, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but can I come up there and give you a hug? In front of everyone, she came and she hugged me. She cried on my shoulder and whispered in my ear, No one's ever told me that they love me. No one's ever told me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. I couldn't believe it. It changed my life. At that moment, I knew God was ministering to her through me. It's not by my speech or my power. It was God. And my heart was ignited with a passion And it was an awesome day to see one soul transformed forever. That was when I knew I was called to be a worldwide evangelist.
And God has a purpose for you just the way that he created you. Boy, if we could get a hold of that, we would certainly be telling Satan to get thee behind me, Satan. We would no longer be at risk to identity theft of trying to find our identity in human relationships or trying to find our identity in the mirror or trying to find our identity in the outward appearance. And I mean, all of that would be so small if we would really get a glimpse of what it is and who it is that God has created us to be and we tap into His plan and His purpose for our life. It would change your life completely that's what i hope and pray happens through this that you would realize you know what the outward experience the outward shell it's okay to lose a few pounds as long as i realize i'm just trying to lose a few pounds so i can get maybe a little healthier but not so that god could use me or i could be accepted by someone else right none of that really matters This guy is so inspirational, and he's got so many different videos. I encourage you to look him up. That's why I put his name in your sermon notes for you, so you could go home and look up this guy and see how God is using him. A man with no legs and no arms, but this is a man who sees how God, or knows what God knows. Second thing, in order to risk being mugged by the mirror, we must see how God sees I'm going to try to wrap these up too pretty quickly here. But in 1 Samuel 16, this is, where, this is where Samuel was going to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king after King Saul. You remember the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16? He goes to the household of Jesse and he says, you have some sons. He said, oh yes, sir, I have quite a few. I've got a number of them. He said, well, one of your sons I am going to anoint as king. Let me see your sons. The first son comes out. No doubt Jesse brought out the very best looking, most physically fit son that he had. Because if you remember, Saul was a man of great stature physically. He stood head and shoulders above all the rest. So physically he was a good looking man. And Jesse knew, boy, the next king has got to be as good looking as King Saul was. So I'm going to bring out my best looking boy. Most physically fit boy that I have. And I want him to go before Saul. And he went before Saul and Saul or went before Samuel. And Samuel says, Is this all you have? Now, no doubt Samuel probably thought, This is the guy. No doubt Samuel probably thought, This is going, what a good looking man. This will be the next king. But I want you to take note in verse number 7 of 1 Samuel chapter number 16. I want you to take note what the Lord said to Samuel. He said, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks where? At the heart. Man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. So it's pretty carnal of ourselves. It's all we're paying attention to is the outward appearance of ourselves. That's pretty vain, is it not? It's carnal, is it not? Not saying you can't try to look good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you've got to be careful with that. And you've got to put more focus on the heart of man. 
Matter of fact, I put in your sermon notes on the back page there, if you will, on Mark chapter 7 and verse 20. It says, what comes out of man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's heart, come evil thoughts and sexual immorality and theft and murder and adultery and greed and malice and deceit and lewdness and envy and slander and arrogance and folly. And all these evils come from inside. And that's what makes a man unclean. Okay? So we got to realize that what comes out of man is unclean. we got to look at the Lord and pay attention to that. So there's a few more takeaways here that I, that I want you to get. One of them is simply this. If our heart is ugly, then changing the outside is not going to be any benefit to us at all. We must change the inside. And one of the major takeaways is this. When we start seeing how God sees, we will see things a whole lot clearer. When we realize that it's not the outward appearance that matters. It's the in. Word appearance. It's what is inside the heart. Let me give you the third one. To avoid being mugged by the mirror, not only do we need to know what God knows, that He created us, we are wonderfully made and created, that He has a plan and a purpose for us. And then we've got to see how God sees, right? We can't look at the outward appearance of man. We must focus on our hearts. We must clean up the inside of man. And that can only be done through a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and surrendering our heart and our life to Him. And the third and the final thing is once we do that, we've got to love like God loves. In John 13 and verse 34, Jesus told His disciples, He said, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Well, how do we do that? That brings us to the great, great commandment in Matthew chapter 22. And I've preached this over and over and over here. It's part of the DNA of Victory Church. It's part of the mission statement of our church. A man came up to Jesus one day and said, what's the greatest command in all of Scripture? Very quickly, the Lord Jesus quoted to him the Shema out of Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Probably the very first passage of Scripture that Jesus as a young Jewish boy ever memorized. And he said, love the Lord your God. With all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. So the first thing that we've got to do, we've got to love as God loves. And that begins, first of all, by loving God. Having a desire to love Him. Having a desire to serve Him. When we have that desire to long after God, then we're going to surrender our lives to Him. We're going to allow Him to lead and direct our lives. And then we're on track. To bring an honor and glory to him. But it's got to begin, first of all, with us loving God. And then Jesus said to this young man, he said, The second commandment is likened to the first. You tell me what it is. You know this by now. What is it? Love your neighbor as yourself. You've got to love other people. Right? You've got to care about other people. You've got to love others. One of the takeaways, I put it in your notes for you. When we know what God knows and we see how God sees and we start loving like God loves... Our whole focus, our whole focus changes. In other words, there's a paradigm shift that has taken place. Whenever we know what God knows, whenever we see what God sees, whenever we love like God loves, our entire focus changes from the externals to who a person really is and to who we really are. Right? That's, that's liberating, is it not? 
Whenever you get to the place when you can know what God knows, that He created us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that He ordained our lives really before we even born, that has a plan and purpose for us, that we're not a mistake, that we're not an accident. Who cares what the world thinks about me? I know God. I know how He created me. I see what He sees. That life is not about the external. It's about the internal. And when I focus on the internal, then I can truly love God. Then I can truly love others. Then I can truly love myself. Then I can truly get focused on the things that matter. I don't know about you, but to get to that point, it's liberating, to say the least. Whenever you can walk around... Folks that struggle with low self-esteem are folks that struggle with this. They haven't got a grasp of who God is. They don't know who God is. They don't know what God has done for them. They don't see as God sees. Therefore, they struggle loving as God loves. And the first person they don't love enough is themselves. Man, there's great confidence that will come in your life when you realize that God created you to be you. And that God has a plan for you. And God has a purpose for you. And God wants to use you. And you start loving God. And you allow Him to direct your life. And you love other people. And then that brings me to the third part on how we do all of this. The third takeaway is then we start reflecting God's glory. We will reflect God's glory. The next slide there, Byron. Reflect God's glory. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, this is a passage of Scripture where Paul was writing about us reflecting the Lord's glory and being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You remember back in the Old Testament whenever... Moses had met with the Lord. And after he left the presence of the Lord, he came to the people and the people were afraid to look at him because the glory of God was radiating, reflecting off of him. And as a matter of fact, Moses could not even speak to the people until, does anybody know what he had to do? He had to put a, what? A veil over his face. Because the people were afraid to look at him because God's glory was reflecting off of him, radiating off of him. And he would speak to the people with a veil. Now here's the neat thing about that. When Moses had been with the Lord and after he came down from being with the Lord and then he came to the people, he had no idea that he was glowing the way that he was glowing. He had no idea that he was reflecting the glory of God. He was just humbly going now to talk and lead the people. When we know what God knows, when we see what God sees, when we love how God loves, when we love God, allow Him to direct our loves, when we love other people, you know what's going to start happening? God's glory is going to start being reflected off of you and up to Him. Just like this young man, this young evangelist, Nick. No arms, no legs. God is using him to reach the world with the gospel. He's discovered who he is in Christ Jesus. He's discovered God has a plan and a purpose for his life. 
And he's loving God and he's loving other people. And at the end of the day, he is reflecting the glory of God. Guys, if we can get a hold of this, then you will no longer be mugged by the mirror. Identity theft will not have a place in your life spiritually when you realize that it's God who created you the way you are. Right? So I wonder as we, as we close this morning, and I just want to try to be an encouragement to you, maybe Satan's been telling you that because of your physical attributes, and I'm going to ask the band to come, because of your physical attributes that maybe Satan's been telling you a lie, that you'll never amount to anything. Well, just let me tell you that those are all lies, right? Whatever it is that Satan is telling us, those are lies. Why, how do I know that? Because we, friends, have been created in the image of God. God has a plan for our life. God has a purpose for our life. God wants to use you. And God wants to reflect His glory off of you. So quit standing in the mirror and thinking, Oh, if only I looked like this. Or if only I could look like that. That's very shallow. That's carnal. Almost sinful. Those things really don't matter. You've been created in the image of God. Allow Him to use you. It all starts when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. And we realize that He's the one that created us. And He's the one that has a plan for us. And He's the one that has a purpose for us. And what He wants to do is reflect His glory off of us. So, do you know God like He knows you? Do you see as God sees? Do you love as God loves? God wants to use you. No matter what the external looks like, God wants to use you. So I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And two train of thoughts I have going here. One is, if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, then that's where it begins. You've got to know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You'll never come at peace with who you are externally until you have peace internally. And that can only take place when you know Christ as your Savior. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, let me pray with you. Just silently right there in your seat. I'm not asking you to come forward. I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I'm asking you to reverently just bow your head right now and silently repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Dear God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe all of my sins were placed on Him at Calvary. I believe He died. I believe He was placed in the tomb. I believe He resurrected after three days. And I believe now He is seated beside you in heaven. And right now I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I pray you forgive me. I ask you to come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Jesus' name I pray. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. If you prayed that prayer, I just want to say welcome to the family of God. You're now well on your way.
to living out God's plan and purpose for you. Please let me know. Email the church office. Fill out your connection card. Send me a message. Let me know. I'll send you some material that will help you in this new journey of faith. I want to help you. But now let me address those of us who have accepted Christ as our Savior. Are you living out God's plan for your life? Are you struggling with who you are as an individual? Do you look in the mirror and you allow the physical appearance to rob you of your joy and your happiness? Do you allow it to beat you down? I want you to know, friends, that's Satan himself trying to destroy you. Stop it today by saying, get thee behind me, Satan. I am no longer going to focus on the external. I'm going to focus on the internal. I believe that God created me. He knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. God has a plan and a purpose for my life that he ordained before I was even born. And this day forward, I am going to start living that out regardless if I'm 10 pounds heavier than I want to be. Regardless if I don't have hair that I wish I had. Regardless if I have glasses or not I am going to live out my plan and my purpose and I'm going to love God and I'm going to love people and I'm going to share my faith and I'm going to reflect God's glory and it's all because of what Jesus did for me not because of what I'm doing externally myself whatever happens on the outside is going to happen I'm going to try to take care of the body because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit but I'm going to assess my motivations I'm going to find out why I'm doing that if I'm doing that for vain reasons I'm going to repent of that today and I'm going to live out God's plan and purpose for my life I hope that's your prayer Father may that be our prayer for every single one of us may that be our prayer in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen. all God's people said Amen God created you to be you now get up out of your seat not right now in a minute get up out of your seat Turn around, walk out this door, and live out God's plan and purpose for your life, right? Right? Because we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. He's ordained our very steps. He's got a plan and a purpose for our life. Let's rise up and live that, okay? Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email Call or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.